Hello, my name is Hilary Seabrook. Welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. For this episode, I'm joined by drummer, percussionist and composer Tristan Banks. His new album, View From Above, is out now. Tristan is a very versatile artist and although predominantly a jazzer, there's Latin and fusion going on here. And it includes Paul Booth on sax, John Crawford on piano and David Mantovani on bass. All of these are very well-respected musicians. And this is a lovely album. Tristan is also manager and curator of the Verdict Jazz Club in Brighton. And I'm really looking forward to talking to him about this album. Tristan's taking them all out on a tour around the UK. Follow the links in the show notes and you'll be able to see where they are. This is a great album and I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Tristan. Let's start off by talking about the album then. So yes. where where did you record it? When did you record it? Uh, it was recorded the 12th and 13th of July 2021. And that was at Wincroft Studios, which is Steve Winwood Studios, uh, out in the Cotswolds. So it's a really nice residential studio. I've been there before when I've done... Well, actually, I've done the first time I went there was to record Triple, which was is a is basically a trio uh, horn section, which is Paul Booth on saxophones, Ryan Quigley on trumpet, and um, Trevor Myers on trombone. Right, and they did a Latin jazz kind of old, like well, not old school, but like sort of Latin jazz, Latin soul. Contemporary recording, when did we do that? That was a while ago now, probably about four or five years ago. And then that got released in 2020. Uh, as a, And we recorded that there. And it's amazing. It's like a Dutch barn that's being converted into a live room, a big live room. Um, if you see any video content for either Triple or, or my... Uh, recording that that's all in that barn so it's like a big room everyone can just go in there there's a live uh sorry all the um all the mics are all kind of uh what's the the, the engineer term for it uh they're basically all wired down to a control room which is in another right the, uh, the actual barn itself where i think they used to record in there but the, the, the sort of main control rooms in there so everything can be fed through to there or it can just be monitored from like a little station that's on a mezzanine in the barn. So, yeah, it's a really great space. And you get to all play together like you used to in one yeah. big room uh, without everything being in like isolation booths and all, you know, sort of overdubs, which is right. how most even jazz recordings seem to be recorded uh, these days, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, so... It, you get you captured an amazing energy which is more like a live gig obviously i mean there was like maybe like you know uh who was there there was a couple of people like hanging around steve was around steve winwood right. he would sort of come in and just say hello 
or his son was there as well and uh you know sort of people that are working on the in the studio right um but yeah you know it's not like in front of a live audience but um you, you still get that kind of yeah you know, you're doing there's no room for well you know not much room for error you no. get it all right at the same time but you create an amazing energy and i think that translates on the recording because, definitely you know some of the things i've actually done versions of where i've done it like you know tracked and uh it all sounds nice and pocketed and everything's like more relaxed but actually it's um yeah the energy it's almost too much energy on the recording right. <laughs> when I listen to it sometimes, i'm like it's just it's just it's 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 amazing you know mm. um yeah but it depends you know some people will really want to hear that and that's that's great when that translates so yeah, yeah. so uh did you write all of the tracks because i haven't got all of the listings yes so. they're all my compositions right i love it all when ten. drummers when drummers compose it's like you know you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to sit at the back and hit things yeah well i mean to be honest it's funny because a lot of that music i mean i've always been into the idea of it uh, but i'm not like a schooled musician i'm from like a family of musicians so we kind of just learn well, I've learned on the bandstand and I've learned from experiencing music around me. Um, and, you know, and I kind of had to go back like you do and fill in the gaps and kind of, you know, and also kind of get stuff together. You know, I've always been into the idea of understanding harmony and melody and, and, and but I've always done it from a sort of ear point of view. I'm not like an academic even though I am kind of studious and I do have a bit of a geek brain, I'm very much into computers and and things that, you know, that are geeky and sort of electronics and stuff like that. So, you know, I have all that side to me. But yeah, in terms of writing, um, a lot of the stuff was written a few years ago, you know, all over a period of time. And, you know, I wrote the charts out as well. So they're kind of there um using software and and actually i use like logic to make you know to do like a sort of pre-visualization of the music or program it as it were and then um you know and you can kind of produce midi demos from that which is a lot of way a lot of people work now yeah um you've got like a you know some idea of how it strings together and also i've been you know over the years i've kind of also been I'm really into Brazilian music and music that's kind of groovy rather than just kind of straight up kind of, um, uh, how can I put that, sort of um, jazz that's mainly designed to stimulate the mind and ear. Right. Uh, yeah, I've always been into, as a drummer, I mean, I've, I've made, and somebody who's into Brazilian and Afro-Cuban music, I'm really into the idea that that's the original source of a lot of this music, you know, is people that are, it's a, a social event rather than it's it, it's you know it's it, yeah it's not it's not music from the um uh from academia it's street it's street music you know right and we and, tend to we so i've really kind of gone off on one there <laughs> no 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 it's good it's good because also i think yeah. that's where your the percussion comes in or comes from or something because yeah. because that you know brazilian south american music it's all about making music from whatever you can find and that sometimes yes. becomes percussion well it's definitely yeah of course yeah i mean obviously the instruments that you you get in that music whether it be brazilian stuff whether that's pandero tambourine a go go sort of all the instruments they have there in the samba school that you hear or um you know 
even North American music, all this kind of stuff, which is, you know, obviously the influence in jazz is is, is sort of African through New Orleans and Congo Square and, um, yeah. you know, the difference being, I mean, we could go into this, but it's maybe it's not the, the time for it, but, you know, the difference between the sort of North American, South American is that they, the instruments weren't banned in as they were in in North America, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot more intensely kind of colonial, you know, strict, stricter about that, I think, in terms of the kind of English speaking, French speaking parts of the colonial empires yeah. as of rather than the Portuguese and the Spanish would seem to be a bit more laid back. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's all it gets it's crazy kind of histories going on. But yeah, yeah, in terms of music, yeah, there was a lot more kind of crossover. Um, and, then, you know, really the, in, in jazz, what you get is like, you know, snare drums, bass drums, cymbals, which are all military instruments. They're all from military bands and they got used, you know, and then eventually the drum kit came out of that, which is yeah. like 100 years old. Yeah. And that was all put together. You know, so yeah, but you know, and then you have all the North American stuff, which is jazz out of swing and and then bebop and all that kind of thing, which is where the drum kit comes from. Um, is is one person playing multiple instruments, which were played by individuals, you know, right? I mean, in terms of composing, I've always been interested in that kind, you know, in the whole that whole side of things, as well as other things, you know, and classical music and music that I hear. I've had a lot of influence from music like Weather Report, Miles Davis, and and that kind of stuff because he did include those instruments rather than it always being yeah um, okay kind of straight. yeah but at the same time and I guess I kind of I think because I ended up you know in this situation of, of running a jazz club I kind of made and at the time when I record when I decided to record the album it was like I'm actually going to just do it as a quartet and just really focus on that kind of piano bass drums, which is a, an acoustic kind of setup. There is one track that has electric bass and, you know, I overdub some congas and sort of effects on there. But um, it's all very much like that's, you know, the live yeah. feeling and, and that acoustic setup, you know. This seems an ideal opportunity to play you something else from View From Above, and this is Tempesta, which uh, Tristan Banks, who I'm talking to today, was talking about the fact that this is basically a quartet album with some overdubs. But I guess when you go and hear this live, it's going to be pretty close. So I hope you enjoy this little extract.
Yeah, and I guess that makes it now easier for what you're doing now, which is taking this album out on the road. Exactly. Well, that is the idea, you know, the realisation of how, you know, trying to get paid. I mean, I see it even at the club here. People are like, I want to bring my quintet, but it's this much money, or my sextet or septet. It's like, it's just, yeah, it's... Yeah. I can't afford that. You know, if you're in a club where there's only, the maximum is 70 people, yeah, it just doesn't work out, you know. So yeah. uh, there's only so much you can have, you know. And and in in Brighton, it's like you have this, or just generally, there's like, there's a, I think there's a bit of a price cap, you know, when you try to push the fee up, so or the ticket price up, then it kind of reaches, there's like a ceiling for that, it seems. So, you know, it limits you unless you're kind of in a position to kind of, you know, you're funded or something. So, yeah. Um, and that changes as well, because some people, I mean, I'm lucky because I've been in the industry for a long time, third, what, 30 years, that I'm able to um, call on people that I've worked with. And they're kind of cool about it in terms of like, yeah, we'll work it out, you know, whatever it is, it'll work out. And I'm like, that's brilliant, you know. Yeah. But other people who maybe aren't used to, don't, maybe, I haven't worked with or you don't know the venue or whatever, you know, they just want to get a gig and get paid properly. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, we all want to get a gig, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's a, People yeah. are like, it should be a thousand pounds. I'm like, yeah, I'm worth a thousand pounds a day. You know, I know that. But yeah. it's like, <laughs> that's not realistic, you know. No, indeed. And and actually, that's the problem, that you are only actually worth what people are prepared to pay yes. to go out of an evening in wherever it is. And yeah. uh, but it is odd that, you know, some some bands can can charge a huge amount and, you know, ticket prices to go and see some bands are enormous. So so there's a there's a there's a disparity, isn't there somewhere? It has become insane. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I've I've heard somewhere somebody's you know charge, pop acts charging four hundred pounds a ticket. Yeah, it's just a lot of the places that I'm playing are even on the tour, apart from Pizza Express Soho. But you know, they're they're people put on like me. They're maybe they are musicians um, who are wanting to kind of you know create a grassroots circuit or maintain that and that's actually you know since the pandemic a lot of those places didn't survive and no, you know, right. even in new york you know i went to new york a couple of months ago because i was invited by zildjian to the symbol makers yeah. who i have i'm endorsed by and or oh, i endorse them i can never <laughs> work it out yeah i endorse it that's right you know a lot of like 55 bar which is like a sort of seminal venue you know in new york and I've been there a couple of times every every time I go, you know, and that that didn't survive, you know. And yeah. uh, there was another one, the Jazz Standard. Um, luckily, places like the Village Vanguard still there, Birdland still there. But you know, and the same in the UK, a lot of these venues just don't. I mean, I've I've kind of had moved away from in recent years doing those kind of clubs because I wasn't doing. I I'd sort of got into doing bigger tours. I'm not like flexing there I'm just saying before the yeah. pandemic how I was doing that kind of work you know yeah and then uh, you know and then now I'm doing my thing I'm kind of going back to places that I was probably playing well actually that's a like playing with people people like hexagonal which is the band that was very popular and we were doing kind of it was a jazz it was like an afro jazz sextet 
right. it was doing really well in 2019, you know. So, but in terms of, you know, uh, maybe there was a period in my life where I was playing in those venues more often, those kind of jazz venues, you know. That... When did you move into, uh, you know, running the verdict? Well, I did live streams here in 2021, really from actually about exactly two years ago, I started doing live streams at The Verdict. And then I I actually got back into doing when things were opening up again, I started doing gigs again, like play as a player. I think we'd all got used to just accepting that when when we, we got offered a gig and, you know, even if it was quite a good uh, gig, we just, you know, I don't know, that some of the travel things that I, that I wasn't, I've forgotten about, you know, in terms of like how much work you, how much time it takes yeah. to do one gig, yeah, and then you end up in a situation where, <clears throat> you know, it's, you know, I, or maybe it's also I'm getting a bit older or whatever. I don't know. Like traveling eight hours and then doing a gig, traveling eight hours back, you know, it just, I just used, it was exhausting, you know, yeah, and. I found it quite full on. And then I was just actually, when it came, I decided, I was like, oh, actually, well, either I need to reopen the verdict or or let get out of the way and let somebody else do it. And I thought, I'm just going to give it a go. And actually, in terms of live, it's been a year. In fact, it's almost a year to the day that I did the first gig here. So it's a year of live events. Right. What's next? Have you got a project that you've got in mind for doing next? In terms of me well, or you, the club, anything? Well, I mean, obviously, like, you know, this Saturday, the 1st of April, is my album launch at The Verdict. So yep. that's nice. It's all kind of, it all kind of hooks in with like a year at The Verdict. And then I'm, and you know, because I did actually postpone the launch of my album by a year because I decided that I was going to do the club. Right. You know, and even though I want to sound like I'm sort of a virtual, what's the word for that, you know? <laughs> the cross that I've decided to bear you know and the sacrifices but you know ultimately yes I did actually decide to defer my the what I was doing right because of bringing the club back online you know and sort of realizing that because of the pandemic that's the effect that it had on on this club and yeah and, you know it's actually worked out really well because I don't think they've had, apart from the owner who still owns the club I'm the manager you know I don't own the venue and um Apart from him, the people that have had running it before weren't actually jazz fans. I mean, also, I don't want to, I have to be careful. I'm not trying to belittle any work that anyone's done before. But at the same time, being from, you know, I'm a musician and I'm in a better position, maybe from just from that point of view. I'm not from hospitality. So people that had done it before were mainly from hospitality. So I think that's, you know, and then they tried to, you know, tag their the interest was kind of they had to learn more about the music i guess i'm just the the opposite yeah <laughs> but in some ways that works well and i think a lot of musicians actually feel that's like a you know they when it's run by somebody who's who is a musician or has worked as a musician is this it changes things somehow you know yeah um sometimes for the better mainly for the better feels, <laughs> but, yeah um but yeah in terms of projects i think it's just that yeah it's that i'm also going to be working on towards um like more dates in the in the autumn for, for this year um 
for my project for my album and just really try and push that as much as possible yeah but it's you know but these days I think I've got so used to promoting other people I'm also quite it's maybe that sort of fine-tuned my ability to maybe promote the tour itself my tour and but also I'm aware of like how many of how many people approach me about playing here and if you know I mean, I could probably fill the place with just people that I've worked with over the years. Where yeah. actually, you know, it's nice to kind of not make it so um, cliquey. Yeah. You know. Yeah. As well, yeah. I do like to open up doors to people. Like even on Saturday, um, Aaron Lidard, the saxophone player, and he's just released an album, and we're friends on Facebook. But um, I've never worked with him, and I right. think I'd work with this bass player once. But I was just like, actually why not make um you know open up to him his you know his rep is really good and he's played with some amazing people and it was a great gig you know and it wasn't a gig that i would have been like okay i'm just uh it's just somebody that i just put on people i know blah blah blah. so that that worked out well you know um but also yeah plans for the club um just keeping it going and just like at the moment yes I'm just going to hopefully there's going to be a transition point maybe where things can kind of move on a bit and I'm go back to more maybe more playing yeah but maybe not I don't know it's a small club so it's like there's only you know there's only so much money floating about. yeah sure yeah and there's only so much delegating I can do yeah and paying people as it were yeah so, yeah absolutely well thank you so much for joining me I really appreciate your time thank you so much Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Tristan Banks. His album View From Above is out now. It was released on the 31st of March and the band is on tour at the moment. What you heard at the beginning was Possible Bossa. In the middle, we had a clip from Tempesta. And this is Flutter from the album. Thank you for joining me once more on Harmonious World. Please do share, rate and review this podcast wherever you can. Harmonious World wouldn't be anything without our listeners, so thank you so much. And don't forget that you can subscribe.
thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.